You're listening to The Social Workers on WCDB Albany. Welcome to the Social Workers Radio Talk Show, where we'll be having a special segment, Social Work Shorts, which is a brief interview with a guest on an important social work topic. Unlike our live, longer shows, this segment is pre-recorded and will only be about 15 minutes but packed with content. Today we have Sandy Camper, who is a licensed acupuncturist. She recently gave a presentation on restoring vitality for older adults with the principles of acupuncture and Chinese herbal medicine. As a holistic form of care, Chinese medicine addresses the psycho-emotional as well as the physical aspects of health. In the interview today, Ms. Camper will discuss how the principles of Chinese medicine can be used to identify imbalances in older people. She will also discuss how Chinese medicine is uniquely able to identify and treat trauma, even when the trauma is in the distant past. So with that, I would like to welcome Sandy Camper, and let's jump right in. What are some of the ways that Chinese medicine differs from Western medicine? Well, Chinese medicine is relatively more about function and relationships, and Western medicine is relatively more about form. Chinese medicine addresses chronic long-term issues, and Western medicine gives us these wonderful life-saving surgeries and treatments. Chinese medicine, when we're talking about uh, an organ system like the functioning of the lungs, we're also talking about the whole sphere of influence that the, is related to the lungs, like this quality of the skin and uh, the emotions of grief and loss. So we're always looking at what are the relationships between things. So when we look at Chinese medicine and an older adult and aging, how can Chinese medicine address unique concerns with older adults? Well, there's a few issues with older people. One is that the physiology tends not to be as forgiving as when we're younger. And also, though, in contrast to that, our consciousness can shift instantly. And what I mean by that is that our um, perspective, our awareness about uh, certain issues, the way we look at things can change in an instant. And then we have a gap between that and how we've been living our lives. And we have to do the work to close that gap so that our new perspective becomes how we're living. Uh, there's also the issue of urgency. You know, when we're older and we have more days behind us than we do in front of us, we tend to, uh, we can't really delude ourselves that we have half our life left anymore. And that can create a kind of urgency to resolve issues sooner than later. And we can use that to our advantage. Uh, and we also, because the physiology tends not to be so forgiving. We may not have the level of energy that we used to have to hold on to things quite so intensely. So we may be a little more open to resolving issues and, and moving on from things that we've held on to in the past. Now when you say move on from things, that brings me to my next question, because I know you talked about a trauma and how this can impact trauma. So what is important to consider when treating people who have experienced trauma and how does Chinese medicine and this approach uh, play into that? So with trauma, uh, when I first see someone, I take in, I get a whole history, I ask a lot of questions, and sometimes during that intake people will reveal some trauma that's ha that have 
that they've lived through that's happened to them in their lives, maybe um, abuse growing up or the loss of a parent or a loved one, something like that. And so in that case, I look for the effects of that trauma on the pulse when I do the pulse analysis later. Sometimes, though, people don't reveal the trauma that's happened to them in the intake, maybe because they're they don't want to reveal that, or also because they think, well, that was in the past and I've moved on from it. But, but what I find very often is that the effects of the trauma are, st are still discernible on the pulse, even when it's happened years in the past, decades in the past. And even when people in the current in the present have uh, a good relationship, they're well-educated, they have a job that's satisfying, even in those situations, sometimes the trauma is still affecting them in ways that they may not be aware of. And the Adverse Childhood Experiences study that came out in the 90s shows that trauma that affects us in, in our childhood then impacts our health in our 30s, 40s, 50s, and beyond. So. What I'm looking for is a way to just to see if that trauma is still affecting them by what's showing up on the pulse. And if I find it, then to treat that, because treatment seems to be much more effective when we address the shock from the trauma that's happened in the past. So we do acupuncture points and herbs that help to take the person out of shock. And when we've had a trauma, often what happens is we get into this fight or flight response. And if it's a trauma that happened over a long period of time, maybe while we were growing up, it can, it can become a kind of chronic fight or flight response that we're in, where we have maybe uh, a low level of anxiety or vigilance, um, or how we respond to stress uh, in this constant fight or flight response. And when that happens, our body is just constantly coursed with these stress hormones, and that affects our physiology over time. Now, you mentioned one of the words that, that stands out to me when I think of Chinese medicine, and it's acupuncture. So what are some of the physiological mechanisms of acupuncture, and what do those mechanisms relate primarily to treating trauma? How does, how does acupuncture play a role in this? So it's all about taking the body out of that fight-or-flight response. And when we're in that fight-or-flight response, we're in the sympathetic nervous system that takes all the energy out of the digestive system and to the limbs. Because historically, you know, we don't care about our digestion when we're under threat. We just want to have all our energy going to our limbs so that we can run away from the threat. But when it's kind of a chronic situation, what happens is, uh, we get into the sympathetic nervous system all the time, and that can affect our digestion. It can affect lots of different aspects of our health. So the treatments help take the body out of that sympathetic nervous system into the parasympathetic nervous system, which is more about uh, rest and digestion. So oftentimes I'll put needles in certain points that relax the nervous system, and I'll we'll start to hear the gurgling in the digestive system, which indicates that the blood, the oxygen is getting back to the nervous, to the digestive system through the parasympathetic nervous system. We also uh, find that there's uh, uh, mu opioid receptors that are pain-killing receptors that are affected by acupuncture treatment. And this is like the endorphins that get released that diminish pain. And also there's natural anti-inflammatories, adenosine, that are increased with acupuncture treatment. And parts of the brain are affected that uh, have 
that control the positive or negative affect. So what I find oftentimes is people will tell me that they have a sense of well-being before their physical symptoms have completely abated. So this is, this is a good sign because then people start to feel positive and that allows them to be more open to making different changes in their lives, positive changes that will uh, improve their health, even when the, the practitioner hasn't necessarily suggested those changes. So those are some of the physiological mechanisms that help with trauma. I mean, that's just, it, it, it all connects. And it, the way you explained it, you know, everything connects. And it's, how do you explain that to a patient though, or a person coming in? You know, uh, what, what language do you use to best reach, reach your patients as, you know, here's this something you might not be familiar with. It's not something when you go to your, you know, normal primary care position, position. this is not something that they usually discuss when they're talking about your health. How do you reach uh, individuals who might be interested in this or wanting to get better and just not sure, sure how to do it? Well, this is one of the advantages that I have because I get to spend a lot more time with my patients so I can, we can have conversations um, that are a little bit longer. Uh, there's a five-element model of acupuncture, one, one kind of acupuncture that uh, one can use to help uh, identify the energetic expression that tends to color the way we respond to stress and react to stress. So the five elements are water, wood, fire, earth, and metal. And people tend to have a particular way of responding when they're under stress. So a, a water type might respond with fear and the need for seeking reassurance or reassuring themselves. A wood type might tend to respond with anger or frustration to stress. Fire types tend to respond with laughter. They, they would be the type that would tend to tell a tragic story in a way that's very funny. An earth type might need to seek for sympathy from other people. And a metal type might respond with sadness or grief or longing about the situation they're talking about. And so when we can identify these different energetic expressions that people have, then we can uh, use language that may reach them more deeply and, and help support them in that way. So, so for example, if somebody were trying to quit smoking, I might respond if they were a water type with uh, talking about setting their will and that I had no fear that they would be able to be successful. With a wood type, I might use language having to do with strategizing, what are the different steps that they would need to take, because that would tend to resonate with them. In a fire type, I might talk about asserting control in their life, and with earth, about ways they could seek comfort other than smoking, how food was going to taste better. And with metal, talk about the, how nice it will be to be clean and breathing fresh air again. So these ways of speaking to our patients through this five-element model can, ha can tend to resonate more deeply with them and might uh, be more supportive to them. And I find that uh, the ways that we tend to express ourselves tend to get a little more pronounced as we get older. So sometimes it can be a little more uh, easy to see in an older population. I mean, this is all really fascinating. And it, are there any pitfalls, though, to the study design as it relates to Chinese medicine? Or are there anything that stands out? Well, I think this is a very important issue because there's a lot of interest in Chinese medicine and, and, and determining what is uh, 
what are ways that it's really effective? So there's a lot of interest in studies, and, and the gold standard in Western medicine is a randomized controlled double-blind study. And this is problematic in Chinese medicine. It's a little like trying to fit a square peg into a round hole, because the heart of Chinese medicine is an individualized treatment. So if I have 10 people who have the diagnosis of asthma, for example, I may, if we wrote down all the points I used on each person after diagnosing them and getting um, a specific way to treat each person, some of the points might overlap. But what tends to happen in these studies is that for a given diagnosis, everybody is given the same treatment. And that's not how Chinese medicine works at its best. So some of those points might be helpful for everyone, but not every point is going to be the best point for everyone. So that's one of the problems. Uh, I think we should be designing studies where Chinese medicine is, is practiced on its own terms, and then we look at what the outcomes are, and we see how, how beneficial it is. The other issue is that a lot of times study designs have three groups. One group ha gets acupuncture, one group gets what's called sham acupuncture, and one group doesn't get acupuncture. And typically, the acupuncture group does best, the sham group does second best, and the control group that doesn't get acupuncture does uh, the least best. So then the, the conclusion often is that because the sham group did better than the people who didn't get acupuncture at all, it shows that there's some placebo effect to acupuncture. But I would argue that usually the way sham acupuncture is done is either the, the, uh, they use a retractable needle where the needle goes into the shaft and doesn't actually penetrate the skin and just presses on the point. And that's actually acupressure, which is a system that is a, a kind of modality that's useful all on its own. So there is actually some benefit to just using acupressure. The other way that sham acupuncture is practiced so-called, is that a point, a non-point, so-called, is used on the channel. So if there, the point, let's say there's a point at the wrist, and then there's a point partway up the wrist, maybe a point in between those is used as a non-point, but it's still in the channel, so you're still getting some effect. Uh, when a needle is inserted into the skin, there's going to be some effect. So I think these things will explain some of the effect of the second group doing um, better than not getting acupuncture at all. So these are some of the issues uh, with study design. I think the best uh, way to look at what's happening with acupuncture is to have the patient be, treat be diagnosed and treated and then see what the outcomes are. I do think it's interesting that they have these uh, MRI studies and various things like that that are, that are measuring the physiological effects in the brain or what's happening in the body, and those are very interesting. I have a scientific background, so I find all that kind of study design stuff and uh, the research on what, what are the actual mechanisms of acupuncture to be really fascinating. Well, it, it is really fascinating. Uh, just listening to this, it's, it's very interesting, especially the holistic approach and how it can touch so many different areas, you know, uh, trauma to digestive health, and it really does that whole whole person mm -hmm. um, to make sure that there's overall wellness. Mm -hmm. Now, if anyone is interested in finding out more information, how would they find out more about, you know, Chinese medicine and... Well, 
My website is um, sandycamper.com, S-A-N-D-Y-C-A-M-P-E-R.com, and there's lots of information on there. And there's also some links on there to general sites about acupuncture. There's, uh, I'm sure, you know, these days you can Google your condition and acupuncture and get a lot of information about you know any study designs that are studies that are done on your condition or just articles about your condition um, and uh, my phone number people can reach me directly is 518-429-8104 and leave a message uh, with your questions and I can get back to you I have an office in Albany and I also practice in Western Massachusetts well thank you so much because uh, as social workers we always like to know what's out there, what's available, and sometimes, you know, we're familiar with the, the typical, here's medical, check with your primary care physician, but there are different resources that people want to know about, and they want to just, they want to be well, they want to be healthy, they want to feel healthy. Um, so just to know that there's different alternatives that might not be the standard that people are always familiar with, it's really great to know that other things are out there and that you have so much information and knowledge on the topic. It's helpful, too, when uh, people want to avoid taking medications or maybe for some reason they can't take a medication that might be helpful for their condition. Uh, there's other possibilities, especially with the issue of uh, the, the um, problem with painkillers and opioid addiction and things like that. There's a, there's a lot of alternatives to pain relief with acupuncture and with uh, mental emotional issues. I think it can be a great alternative. Well, thank you for so much for being on and sharing this information. And uh, we look forward to talking to you hopefully again about, about this topic. Terrific. Thank you for having me. You're listening to The Social Workers on WCDB Albany.